0: Legal Counsel is brought to you by Rugby Pass, the premier destination for rugby and rugby league fans in Asia, streaming international test matches, the Rugby Championship, Super Rugby, the NRL, Super League and more to your device when you're in Asia. Every match on Rugby Pass is available live and on demand and is carried in HD quality with adaptive streams to match your connection. Welcome back to the Legal Council. We are show four of the year. As always, we're calling in Hong Kong Rugby League board member Jack. How are you doing, mate?
1: Oh, it's great to hear your voice again, <laughs> Rio. It really is.
0: Good on you, mate. <laughs> We've had a few people saying, um, you know, what do you say it's great to hear my voice when we're probably arguably in contact each, um, well, each day via... Some sort of um, uh, yeah, but I don't hear voice. platform. But that's true. You know, you don't hear my voice. So good on you, mate. Um, it's very nice, very nice, comforting thing to hear. Um, how have you been going,
1: Usually mate? Audio, yeah, if, if there's a really passionate sort of plea I want to get across, I'll sometimes use that WhatsApp audio function. Mm. Um, but a lot of people slag you slag off for using it uh, too much because they say they don't have their phone's volume up, you know.
0: Yeah, I tell you what, WhatsApp's just, I mean, I would say 80% of my social media is through WhatsApp. Probably Instagram second. I don't really use Facebook, and I'm sort of dabble with Snapchat from time to time. But WhatsApp, once it got the voice messages, I mean, is there anything else that you really need to use? I remember fiddling around with bloody hey, towel for a while. It looked like a walkie-talkie. But um, yeah. um, which is quite a good value. But WhatsApp voice messages, um, it, it is frustrating sometimes when you're watching um, your team play, which is obviously the Warriors, and sometimes you actually just can't keep concentrating on the game because you've got like 40 people trying to text you. Um, but I anyway, know, I know. It's, uh, it's obviously pretty actually, good for keeping in that's touch. That's a with
1: good things. idea. We should, there should be some app where you actually interacting properly by almost the stuff coming up on your screen. Mm. And you can almost, like, talk. Well, I mean, it's not hard to do, but sort of, you know, gamers that sort of play, like, those war games and that, and they've got, like, those headsets on and they talk to each other? Yeah. We could probably do that, you know, and get other, you know... So you reckon maybe
0: four of us put headsets on and watch the Warriors or whoever we are watching at the time and just basically just bleated each other. But how could you do that?
1: It's like watching the Warriors at a pub, too. It's fucking quite hard to do, because often when I watch the Warriors at a pub with my mates... I haven't seen them for a while, so they want to talk, but you miss the nuances of the game.
0: Well, true. I watched the Warriors on Friday night, um, six o'clock Australian time, ducked off to the pub, a couple of uh, work colleagues and a mate, and basically didn't really talk to any of them because I'm just fixated on the Warriors, so not really good company. So catching up, with a mate to when your team's on is actually a pretty shit thing to do you should do it when you know another team like the Eels are playing or something
1: exactly and it's actually not a bad idea doing a solo pub I've done that many times especially from, you know, league, watching League around the world um, and you just watch it by yourself with a pint under your nose yeah. and nobody really talks to you That's brilliant. And and often you won't even have commentary. And when you don't have commentary, you actually get another dimension of the game.
0: Yeah, but I I love doing that. I'm horrible to watch any sport. Well, I'm horrible to watch the Warriors with. Um, I just lose it. But I remember last year when the Raiders were playing the Warriors, I was at a 40th birthday, and I went downstairs to watch the Warriors first. And they mounted this classic Warriors comeback, which ended up losing an extra time. But when when we scored the last try, I just did this really loud clap, and it just it was quite a empty pub, and it just reverberated just perfectly. And this old man almost fell off his chair because I clapped so loudly, and everyone turned around and looked at me. Um, and I've also got a real bad habit. I must look like a cock because I call the Warriors by their first names. It's, you know, they must think that I'm some like old trainer or maybe like PR guy or something.
1: Quite yeah, I've been I've had some experiences over the years. One was. Um, going to like a I oh, must have been twenty two watching the two thousand six Four Nations no, there was Tri Nations back then Grand Final. And yeah. basically the guys knew I loved league so much. They really wanted me to come to the party. So they set the T V up in a corner. Yeah. Basically I was just sitting in the corner watching the league. And then uh, they had a DJ running around too as well. Yeah. But I was going up, especially when it went to uh, when it went to extra time, mm. then when extra time came around, the actual music sort of stopped and they turned the TV around and everyone watched it. Because it was just we just about won two tri-nations in a row.
0: I mean, that's the beauty of sport. If a really good game of sport can take over a party, I remember a New Zealand-Australia um, one-day cricket game um, and Piggy Styrus has sort of got into his work and they were chasing down quite a big Australian total. And the music went down and everyone was at the party was just basically fixated on this chase. Uh, I think we we're chasing down a big 300-plus total, so... Um, you know, music's great and it sets the mood, but nothing can bring you closer together than a good game of sport.
1: Yeah, and I wonder, I wonder if league is actually the best social game to watch. I mean, cricket would be brilliant because you've actually got banter between balls and then you yeah. fixate for a, a small period then you go back to banter. You know, maybe union is actually a more social sport in that respect because there's so much stop-starts.
0: G- agree. And I think union, a good, more socialising sport and you can probably get more... Um, you know, getting to know someone or catching up with someone. But if you really want to ex- experience an exhilarating moment with someone, the thing with league is is that it goes from zero to 100 in no time, and you can go from the sublime to the ridiculous or just an outrageous moment. Um, and it just so happens that we follow a team that goes from high and low in the same breath. So, yeah, league is not for the faint-hearted when you're at a party. And, you know, if you're sort of sitting in the corner try to churn... Uh, a young lady, I wouldn't be doing it in front of a game of rugby league, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> well that's probably what I'm such a hope was Tuna.
0: <laughs> oh good good call, mate. What has um what's taken your uh your eye this weekend? For me, um, just come off the Panthers, um, Tigers game. For me this this Panthers team good that we didn't overreact at both performances because I think both teams are who they thought they were. The Panthers, I think, have got the highest upside of anyone in the comp. I, I think they're missing four or five players. When they get mid- to mid-season form, they are going to drill teams by 30 points on a weekly occurrence. And this Tigers team is what they have been the last couple of years. They're hot and cold. They'll string a brilliant performance. And then they'll follow it up with a couple of horrific um, losses. And that's just who they are. They're a 50-50 team with their 50-50 kind of players.
1: Yeah, like I agree with the, pass. the Panthers. Still, I agree they played very well, in the, and when you look at them on paper and the the youth and exuberance they've got and the the hardness that they run with, yeah, look, I, I, there's definitely upside. At the moment, I still can't see them competing with the Sharks and Storm and Cowboys in this wow. world, really? but, but that may change by mid-season. I agree. And then, my, my opinions on the Tigers, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but we've we'll probably discussed it on this forum. And again, I've done it over many a pint because I do know a few West Tigers fans here in Hong Kong. They basically stuffed their club by investing so much in Brooks and Moses. Yep. And that's all I've got to say on that.
0: I don't think that Luke Brooks is anything more than, an, than a good, competent half. For some reason, he just yeah, got a okay. huge amount of reps early in his career. But he doesn't ever take the game by the scruff of the neck. And actually, I would argue that Mitchell Moses runs that West Tigers team. And Moses is capable of some pretty good moments. But he's nothing more than just, a again, a flashy, hot and cold play. He's got some bad defense in this game. He's got a lot of mistakes in this game. And I would not be surprised if in four years' time that Mitchell Moses is in Super League um, a la, you know, any number of halves like, you know, Tim Smith, Todd Carney, who were once flavor of the months, flavor of the years, and then just sort of petered out, and the Tigers have invested all the money in them, and Tedesco's the one that um, arguably they should have built their club, well, they, I guess they have built their club around them, but those two halves, I would, as I said to you today, I would rather have Trent Hodkinson and Josh Reynolds as my halves than Luke Brooks image.
1: Yeah, well, at least they're going to play with some guts. And I mean, and you know, as much as we're a detractor, oh, I'm a detractor of Josh Reynolds. I mean, he does give it a go, you I know. Like Josh you can't really, you can't even really give that sort of compliment to Moses and Brooks. I mean, Moses strikes me. I don't know the bloke. I've never met him, and I don't think you have either. But I think you know people that have met him. But he's a sort of bloke that would never go to the Super League. Like he's so, he just looks like. Belmont, like the Prince of Belmont, okay. he said that, didn't he?
0: Well, I think you. He said he was the Prince of Belmont. Yeah, I've heard Prince of Belmaine calls, remember? Um, yeah, I just. <laughs> what can I say? I don't. As long as those two guys are there, and I'll tell you what, one
1: guy who I've been. Has, has, he, has he got a? Has he got a long-term relationship? I don't know. I haven't. Well, um, I haven't have checked him out on it. Instagram yet. Yeah, I wouldn't waste my time. But I'll I'll tell I, you you who it I do tonight.
0: actually. Again, been a huge um, detractor of him in the past. I like Aaron Woods is a good player. To come, it's taken me a good four years to come around for him, but he puts in, and for a guy that doesn't look really like an athlete or a modern-day league player, shit he just goes forward, and he's actually got a bit of skill in his game now, so um, they've got a good one, a couple of good players in between, and obviously a good prop forward in him, but they just don't have much else. And, um, I
1: yeah. mean, Simona actually does leave them a bit of a hole. I mean, Simona was a, a good attacking weapon. I mean, what happens with this three hundred and fifty k salary? Is that still under the cap? It must be.
0: No, because they've deregistered the contract, which means that it'll be off their books. So they are probably... Uh, so
1: they'll have something to play with. They could pick up somebody from somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. Union? Potentially. Tao? Tao?
0: Potentially. Um, back to Josh Reynolds. I think what's happening at the Dogs at the moment is, which is I've kind of noticed on Friday night, I think the Dogs are in a real, real bad spot at the moment. And I just think that Dez... He's had so much success in his career that he's probably like, you know, trust me, I'm doing the right thing. But it just looks as though he's just stubbornly unwilling to move on from a game plan that has worked in the past, but in the last two years it hasn't. It's got the mediocre success. And it got me thinking that Canterbury used to be in the 90s, 80s, 90s, and, and even up until the last few years they were the kings of recruitment. It was always that if there was a young, flash-in-the-pan type player who's come onto the scene, the dogs would sign him straight away. And it just doesn't seem like they've done anything with the recruitment policy lately, and they haven't signed these young stars that they used to sort of come through, and they're just stuck with a guy, a lot of guys that have been there for a while. And I think that Josh Reynolds actually needs a change of scenery. And if I was another club, I'd throw someone like the Storm. If you got Josh Reynolds down there, I reckon he'd be out of this world if he just got out of the Canterbury environment. I think that, that Dez Hasler could be odds-on to be the first coach fired this year. What do you think of that?
1: Uh, you know, it's interesting what's coming out of like the Dogs because as much... And I think people know they're my most hated club, but they are, I think, probably one of the more successful. Yeah, and to be honest, he's taken them... How many, how many years has he been there? Four? He's taken them to the final. each He left after the
0: year. GF, didn't he? He left after the 2011 GF, so he's been... 12, 13, 14, 15, five. 16, 17. So five years.
1: Yeah, so he Six is years. actually... but He's sending them to the playoffs every year mm. and doggies fans are wanting his head. I mean, mm. fuck, imagine if we had a Warriors coach who could take us to the playoffs every year. I know. And even if we were, like, premiership contenders, I reckon I'd still be happy, you know? and it, I mean,
0: but it's interesting say to say dogs. It's interesting you say that. Cleary, who made the eight every year, bar one, and um, one of the years, actually, he would have made the eight, but we got um, docked four salary cap points. He was halfway through the season, and the Warriors thought that he should have won a comp by now, so they fucked him off, and they ended up making the GF, and that was obviously a terrible move. Um, The next five years was pretty barren, but... You know, the Dogs are a successful club, and I think that they can see that Dez hasn't moved on, and that's probably the scariest thing is that they're sort of stuck in the mud a bit, and, you know, there's no real way out for them at the moment. There's, there's, there's yeah. no spark out there in the Dogs. And
1: you, know, and you, see, you see the way they play the game. It's, it's, oh. There is no variation. It's just the same. Like, Wilhoff is an absolute he's personification the in, the of, in the way he plays his football. What's that? What?
0: He's the worst fullback in the competition.
1: Uh, I think that's very
0: harsh. Name one that's worse. Uh, Apart from whoever's uh, playing for the Knights right now, who I don't even know. shoot, shoot. No, No, and Coote. I'd have him over, William Hopwadi any day of the week. Coote's a good little footballer.
1: <sighs> yeah, but I mean, is well, okay, maybe Hoppawati I'm getting a bit cladded by that first 2011. He was brilliant on the wing.
0: Yeah, but he went on his Mormon mission, and name a footballer that's come back from a Mormon mission yeah, okay. and actually done
1: anything half-dust. Jordan Rapada. Jordan Rapata. Yeah. It took him right. ages, though.
0: Yeah, he, it was a sort of three, four year. He went around the long way. I think Hoppawadi can't beat a man. Hoppawadi cannot beat a man. He just looks slow from the back. I yeah, you need that at a do Moses Mbai. He is just, he is not who I thought he was. I thought he was a dynamic footballer, but he's actually very, um, he's very sort of slow. I mean, he's a very fast player, but when he's, he's a slow decision maker. He sort of looks as though he runs around in circles and, I
1: don't know the dogs. It's like, Morris boys. It's like a, it's like a duo, right? And that just they don't work together. Raoul, Reynolds, no. and Mbaye. Like they, it might seem like they would on paper, but they just don't. You know, he knew He almost needs a, and would work well with the forearm. Dear, I, I don't want to say that because the dogs will go swooping.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think the Dogs have got real issues in um big game this week. They're taking a home game on the road um, to Dunedin playing the Warriors, so it would be very, very interesting. Um, but, yeah, I think Des, I'd like to just to maybe tinker with the side a bit and put a little bit of youth in there and just throw something different at, um, at the opposition.
1: Um, the corresponding game last year was about round eight and yep. we finally beat them in one of their takeaway home games. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know exactly. if we took it on, but we always used to start well and they'd always just peg us back. Mm-hmm. Right? But we bro- 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 broke that uh, duck last year, but that was obviously the, a Roger. sad day for uh, Warriors yeah. fans because Roger got in general. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, mate, what is very, very sad during the week, and we've already had a chat about it offline, um, Rugby League week. It's hanging up the boots and it's getting shut down. I think Bauer Media, who, who own it now, came out and said that it's just, just not a viable option anymore, which is incredibly sad for any league out there. Anyone that's ever liked rugby league has picked up a glossy, oversized rugby league week, sat down in a train station or on the shitter. Um, any sort of, you know, anywhere basically, and just read through those games and flick to the back and have a look at the the Rugby League Week ratings and the elusive 10 out of 10. Mate, you must be a big fan of Rugby League Week over the years. You would have read a few. I was
1: a huge fan. And my early memories of Rugby League Week, I think my old man occasionally would buy it um, and bring it home. So that was in my early years. And then. Obviously, at the Christchurch Boys High School School Library, I spent a lot of time in the reading pit, just wrapped up with like Michael Humphreys and a couple of other mates, just going through the uh, the rugby league week. So that was like last year at school, 99-2000. I remember the, the Eels were a team that were really coming through then. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I loved the, the, the player ratings were always good. They always covered different like you had the big league magazine yeah. but rugby league week seemed to go into more depth in the game it sort of went back and understood the roots of our game they had a very good section on country rugby league and overseas rugby league um the old dart they'd report back on you know the former nrl players that how they were performing in uh, super league etc so look it's a sad loss and you know they they brought up the immortal concept they also what else did they they brought in stuff like they were quite innovative the in they, did the they brought up the powerful. players poll um,
0: which yeah. I always so. used to look forward to every year to see who was the most feared man and the people uh, the person that um, rugby league players would most not want to fuck with and I remember um, yeah. Gordon Tallis winning it in a couple of years Ian Roberts and even Monty Beatham I think won it um, once but yeah. Uh, yeah. what yeah. I can remember Fred rugby learned. league week was in my real league loving days um Season 92. I actually remember like mid season going to a secondhand bookshop and buying like all of the um, old one, uh, old issues from the year that I missed out on. And uh, I just remember that origin epi- uh, issue. Well, you know, when Benny Elias had like a bloody face and his mum was sort of cuddling yep. him. That infamous yep. um, image, and he was on the front cover. And I remember at the time I was in primary school, and I think that I was just really fucking off a teacher. And she said, Look, just go in the corner of the room, don't disturb my lesson. And I ended up just making a collage out of my rugby league weeks, and I was just cutting out rugby. pictures and just pasting them to like a big sort of scrapbook. Um, and then that is sort of my real introduction to the magazine. And it's always, you know, you're going through an airport. You've got a quick flight to Melbourne or Brisbane. You just pick up your league week and you just sort of, you hold it back. You don't read it straight away, but you put it in your back pocket um, and then you get on the plane and then you just sort of really get real deep into it. It's a bloody shame that it's not going to be around anymore.
1: In fact, of all our league trips, it was always whoever picked whoever up from the airport it was yep. sort of like an unwritten rule that the other bloke had to sort of come <laughs> through with the regular League week. true.
0: <laughs> well, does it, is the big, le- so does the big league mags, they'll still be there? So that might have to just the uh, thing. will be, because
1: big league is just Fox based. If you, it's just pure fact and uh, stats and yep. uh, like lineups and stuff. I mean, it's quite, it has its place, but it's just It's just a bit sort of robotic and drier than regular League week. Regular League it was always. Sort of had the people's element to it. And, mm. and still was pretty good on the stats and stuff. I wouldn't take that away from them either. Mm. And it,
0: it's where I it was introduced to the greatest stat of all time, David Middleton.
1: Um, oh, i about David Middleton. <laughs> What's that? It involves uh, orgies that... No, 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 it doesn't. It involves... Allegedly. A wor- allegedly involves. Okay, allegedly involves... Well, his... his okay. a guy. Should I've you be telling with, this? Should you be telling this? No, it's fine. It's actually We're fine a syndicated now. podcast
0: now. We could get genuinely had a go out for this.
1: No, 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 that, mate. I think this is actually a pretty tame story. In fact, okay. So the guy I work with, his wife mm. was best friends with David Middleton's wife, mm. and they actually came to, for a holiday in Hong Kong. And my mate workmate went to Ocean Park with David Middleton's family. Yeah, which is just like this sort of like uh, amusement park. And that's, that's the story. Good. But I, I like what you did with that. You sort of just
0: you had a real think about it, and then you decided that you weren't going to tell the story that you, that you were planning on telling. On. So good on you, mate. Um, but, yeah, David Littleton uh, calling Stato. Do you remember that time when we were at a league game and, like, you kept on going on how you, you did the stats for um, B Sky B? Um, Sky, Sports was was Sky Sports in Sky the Sports, UK and Eddie yeah, Hemmings yeah. and Steve-O were the infamous um, league commentators over in the uh, English game brilliant guys and they're just incredibly parochial and biased but you love them Steve-O's that guy who um, accidentally one time said T-R-I, try and that will always live on in my <laughs> um, highlights of him but um, you're yelling out to them going Oh boys, boys and then they turn around they sort of Eddie Hemmings couldn't really make you out, but Steve-O yells out, oh, Stato, Stato, and he was calling you Stato. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Where were we? What There's was actually that? a yell behind that, because 2006 for Tri-Nations, I actually did the stats for Sky Sports UK, and me and Steve-O got on really well, so I'd, like, I'd go up to the commentary box with them, and like I had to arrive about five hours before the game me and Steve-O would like walk around I remember they played one at Lancaster Park you know that That game um, Keith
0: Senior and Steve Matt had a go at each other good rugby
1: league brawl nah 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 nah. that was actually the next game of Wellington which I also did yeah and uh yeah Henry Hickey actually did the stats from that time but me me and Steve-O we got on really well and Eddie was sort of the real professional Steve-O was the bloke that was sort of asking whether to get the best sort of ribs in town and all that sort of stuff you know
0: (laughs) But that actually reminds me, I remember I was living in Auckland at the time, and I was in bed, um, heavily inebriated, but just about to go to bed. And then I get this phone call, and um, my ex-girlfriend at the time passes the phone across and goes, and just answered it. And I answered it, and it was Tara Nikel who was calling me, and I was just chatting to him. And You were at like an after-match party after the Tri-Nations when you were the stats man. And just put Tara Nico on. And I think of may have talked to his his partner and also Richie Blackmore. He did. Yeah.
1: Yes. And uh, Tiapa Tia Maapi was there. So uh, Richie, no, Richie Barnett was there. So I used to live across the road. Did I say from Barnett Blanchard or Blackmore? Stadium. No, it was Richie Barnett, quote. Yeah. Blackmore was never a cocktail. And Blackmore so, so had each other. Exactly. So I, um, I lived across the road from uh, Wellington Stadium. And then after the game, with all the commentators, I'm like, oh, boys, let going to have a party at my place. <laughs> so I had Tara and up there, and Richie Barnett, and I think they put on Odell Manual, the former the um, Warriors winger two. who's now
0: a power lifter.
1: power lifter. yeah. So we had a good party, and then I just thought, "Reharry will love this if I get Tara and got to give him a call.
0: <laughs> I did. Had a quick chat to him, and, um, yep, that was, uh, yeah, definitely one, um, one classic sort of night, i tell you that. Um, Back to this week, and leading up to this week, I didn't really take too much notice to it. There's certain things that I won't... There's this With rugby league, there's a lot of shit that happens during the week that you've just got to sort of just block out, and most of it's just rubbish to sell papers or just to turn the wheels on Fox Sports League, but Jared Hayne was copying it this week, and I kind of sort of thought, almost went full circle on it. First, I was like, oh, yeah, he sounds like he's sort of not putting in a training, and the players are sort of putting um, you know putting him in it and he basically sounds like he' pulled out of a couple of training sessions and the players were not weren't too happy and they demoted him from the leadership group and then Wayne Bennett came out and really got on the offensive not something that I expected to, to um, hear and basically it does sort of support the mantra of Wayne Bennett because he's probably not the like the technical coach like maybe a Craig Bellamy he's probably more the more motivational guy And he came out and said, and just as a couple of quotes that I just wanted to mention. Jared Hayne is one hell of a football player, and that's what he should be judged on. At the end of the day, I've trained some of the best trainers in the world, and they can't play. I've trained other guys who hated training and were great players. Jared needs to be judged on what he's done on the field. That's what he's there for, what he does. Behind closed doors, whether he trains good or bad, that's up to him to work out it shouldn't be national headlines he has a unique talent and the unique ones are always the most difficult to train but they bring something that I could never coach and that Neil Henry can't coach and that other players can't deliver so he basically went into bat for Jared Hayne and said just leave him alone he's a superstar athlete if he doesn't train that well then you know fuck him I mean not fuck him fuck everyone else basically which is pretty interesting in this day and age of everyone having to fall in line and you know these leadership groups and training and everything's professional but that's a sort of a bit of an old- school attitude to it is they're almost like just leave your best players alone and just let them do what they want which you know other yeah. codes and sports certainly you know adapt with open arms
1: yeah look it's it's an interesting one I think if you're a Gold Coast times fan, let's again with round two let's start not start making huge accusations but the Titans were going in the right direction before Hayne arrived on the Glitzy Strip, right? Mm. And then all of a sudden things have sort of went back. I mean, last year they stood, Hayne did add them, add them, add them to them they, the mid But They were two, the
0: two wins and four losses with Hayne last year and 0-2 with yeah. this year. So that's just a fact. I don't know what you want to take out of that, but whatever.
1: Yeah, quite. My um, battery's getting low on the uh, microphone. Anyway, how long, we've got a bit of time left, don't we? Yeah, we'll be right. Anyway, yeah. So no, but I'm just thinking you need to make a call on your um, – if you Gold Coast fan at the end of the season, you need to say, look, uh, look, that worked out for us, it didn't. Because I reckon they were going, well, I mean, fuck. I mean, still Hayne, if he's, in a, he's still going to be better than William Zillman, the walking mm-hmm. mediocre, you know, mediocrity.
0: Yeah. he's Zillman's terrible, and I totally agree. Judge Hayne at the end of the season, um, he yeah. is one of the few superstars in the game. He kind of – look, he came back from the U.S., and people – kind of like, you know, this part of the world doesn't handle a superstar that speaks out very well, and yeah, at the end of the day, Hayne is a terrific footballer who's now out for four weeks, so it's a bloody shame so we'll see how the Titans go without him but um, totally agree with you mate, you've got you to judge him at the end of the season on his results, and um, ultimately I think that he is going to be one of the top, still top ten players in the game, and um, you know, the Titans, if they don't start Hayne or if Hayne's not there, then you're right they're throwing out um, probably the one worse fullback than, um, than William Hopawari, and it's uh, his namesake, William Zulman. It's a disgrace. So did you see probably one of the more enjoyable storylines from this week was the Knights winning, um, and Ross Dog, who I am a fan of, scoring a double, leading the competition in tries. There's a four in two weeks. Did you see that try by, I think it was um, Greenwood, in the 49th minute, with the was St Helens player. Oh, right. Is that who? Yes, that was the try of this season. And they also scored another brilliant one with Anthony Don flicking it back to Harrell. Um, but they, the Titans lost Hayne, yeah, yeah. Lawton, and they also. Don. Sorry? Don. And they lost Don. And they still yeah. hung in there, but good on the Knights. The people, good people of Newcastle. They deserve a bloody win, and um, the, that was that was a real good game of running football. And there's a couple of guys that I wanted to mention to you because I think we've we've talked about them a little bit before. Really like, obviously Rostog. Dog. He's just he seems to be one of the favourite players of of everyone really, because he just gives it a million. Um, Mitch Barnett, who came across on the Raiders mid-season last year, he is a real footballer. He's an old-school footballer.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd love him if he. I'd, I'd love him even more if he didn't have a tramp stamp. Yeah, I've seen that. It's his
0: name written, Barnett, um, and real awful writing. It reminds me of that writing that, um, you know, Bone thugs and harmony Remember that sort
1: of writing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like Helvetica.
0: Oh, it's bloody awful, but he can play. And, you know, they just look like they're well-coached. They they looked good last (laughs) week against the Warriors. They just play really direct, and I think that is probably the thing that stood out in the first two rounds for me. Teams that are running direct and straight and that aren't deviating too much from more than two and three wide, the other teams that have got the roll on and, um, you know, I I thought that the the Knights were bloody good, actually. I like Hodkinson, too. Yeah, he's good. He's he's a very direct player. He's a steady hand.
1: Mm. Those young guys, he's a good steady hand. Yeah, agree.
0: Do you think the Knights, what do you think? Do you think the Knights have got you know, more than a couple of wins in them this year? Do you think that they can be a good at-home team and sort of, um, you know, just be a real
1: hard team to beat? I reckon they got six wins in them.
0: Yeah, and I think the over-under at the tab this year was um, was three and a half, which I was definitely keen on taking the over because you just can't be that shit three years in a row. Um, but...
1: No, you've got enough young guys that are getting experience now to really do a job there. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the way they're going. Yeah. And I
0: do like Nathan Brown. Um you know, it's it's kind of good as a coach like that to come in and just have no expectations in the, in the first couple of years um, because I think that, you know, he's got them going in the right direction. Um, wouldn't be surprised if they win a couple of big games this year down in Newcastle. Um, on the other side of the ball, it seems to be the curse of the really solid, good role players. And, you know, he's probably better than a role player as an international. But anyone that leaves the storm, It's a pretty poison chalice to pay a bit of money for them. But Proctor seems to be playing, Kevin Proctor seems to be playing one man too wide for the Titans. He's almost playing in a wide running second row where he made his trade as a close angled runner running off of Cooper Cronk. But he seems to be playing too wide and um, doesn't look to be in first sites as a really good signing for the Titans, you know, obviously he probably brings a lot of other stuff to the table from leadership and experience perspective, and he's a hard working, he's a very good player, but I just don't feel like using him in the right way
1: Yeah, look, it's round two again, We, I think we might be jumping, but there's noticeably I mean, he was running off Cronk for the whole of his career, so it almost, there is a risk there, it gives you a false sense of uh, his ability um, Look, He's a good footballer, and he's been able to do it again with the Kiwis too. He's always one of their better performers, running off SJ. Hmm. But it'll take a while just for Algie just to get him running those. He runs. He's one of the best guys to run like that in uh, that that first man play, that inside that inside line. Um, that's what they Neil Henry's just got to get him focused on. Yeah, Titans just seem as a side. They just don't really know where everyone is at the moment, you know. And it, it's unfortunate because. In a competition like the NRL, these these wins at this and or losses at this uh, end of the season do really go and haunt you. You know, it's, even though you don't win premierships uh, at this time of year, the the two points, gee, they they're still worth two points. You know, and when you're in that uh, dog fight for eighth spot, you'll look back and thought, well, was there a way we could have got our combinations better earlier in the season? You know. Well, I
0: think you know. You said everything when you said the two points are still worth two points. So that's definitely a takeaway from the show. Is that uh, really important? Um, no matter where you get them, is the two points. Um,
1: well, only... no, no, a guy was a guy actually wrote in on our Twitter, and he reckons that the points in round one to ten, you should only get one point for a win. And then really? around 10 to 20, you get two points for it. And then round 20 to 26, you get three points.
0: On the basis of what, though? So teams that finish better, but well, that doesn't take into account really injuries, teams that get smashed for injuries. I'm not sure who that bloke is, but I'm not really agree with Yeah, not really well, agree with It was Gary Strong. Yeah, good on you, mate. In Queensland, and now I didn't see this game, all I did was see the highlights. Talk me through the Broncos Cowboys. This is the fourth golden point game of the last five they've played and I think that the uh, Cowboys have won three of those by a Jonathan Thurston field goal talk me through the
1: game look we we picked it last week on uh, legal council we told everyone to get in front of a TV and if you didn't you're a mug and you can't say we didn't tell you I'm a mug Um, really, really good game of football again we knew it and, I mean, there's been some parts of uh, the rugby league community saying that the NRL actually fix rigging these games so they do go to, go to Golden Point, but that can't happen. There was some poor referee decisions, especially on some forward passes. Hmm. Uh, but, yeah, these two teams just go at each other. Hmm. You know, um, Tumulado had another storming game. The Broncos just couldn't. They sort of had their nose in front for a while. And then when it got, once they got to Golden Point then you sort of said to yourself well what's the, what's the difference here Yeah, it's Jonathan Thurston yeah. and Ben Hunt couldn't kick a, can't kick field goals Milford was just not not doing it right so there needs there's some innovation that needs to be happening in our game uh, in that golden point you know um, some teams, especially the, I think the Cowboys are pioneered, or Maybe it was a Storm. We actually have two kicking options, and you go to your first kicking option, who attracts all the um, guys coming down on you to charge it down, mm. and then flicks it to the next kicking that's option, right. who yep. pretty much gets it, kicks it, and. And maybe that's where
0: did Lockham Coote Coot kick a field goal via that very reason? I think he, I think he may have. Maybe not yes. against the Broncos, but he has kicked one for that very play that you just that you just ran through then
1: exactly so by the time like you think about it if the Warriors or the Dragons go into Golden Point they're just not going to be prepared for it and those sort of Golden Point games are going to get them ready for the for the oh my god Corey Norman just busted through sorry Um, they're just going to get them ready for the other end of the season you know yeah yeah. imagine if the Warriors went into round in the first round of the finals went to Golden Point against the Cowboys or storm. Yeah, forget We'd have about it. No show. Forget about it.
0: Forget about it. Um, On to one of the other teams. Uh, obviously, the premiers. One that I certainly didn't pick. And you know, it's round two. And if I was a Raiders fan, again, I wouldn't be too worried. I think that they have, after Penrith, the second highest upside of any team. They got flogged, and I do feel that this Sharks Raiders um, is a real rivalry. It's there's a lot of dislike in there. And I'm just trying to think, I was saying, think. last year, the Raiders turned up, sorry, the Sharks turned up at Canberra, and they beat them in a the semifinal, and Ennis was doing the Viking clap. But I go back to 2013, and when Papali was putting big hits in on Gallon, and almost taking yeah. him out after the ball,
1: I think it wow. started there. Yeah, it did. Um... I just want to say something. I've just seen... one are, are you watching the dragons Eels game?
0: No, nah, I'm cooped up in the spare room with a bloody computer and a microphone in front of me, aren't I? Wow.
1: Well, you'll just see a try that the Eels have just scored. Yeah. Michael Jennings has done probably the pass... It's up there with that Benji Marshall pass around the back to Bo Ryan, I think it was. Yep. Gee whiz, you're going to enjoy that uh, re Harry. Fuck,
0: Bo Ryan. Did, did Was there ever a guy that solely played the game to for one reason than to milk a penalty. I remember Bo Ryan, like you know dogs when they've got fleas and they sort of like run in the circle like rubbing their arse along the ground? When they've like got Bo Ryan used to get tackled and then he'd just do this sort of like circular motion just to try and milk a penalty and no matter what you did and what you tackled, he'd try and play the ball halfway through the tackle and Admittedly, he was bloody good at it. The only other person I can think was on his level was Michael Hancock, the winger from the Broncos. If you tried to oh, tackle he... him, it was like he was allergic to grass. And he would just be like doing it. Right. He, he invented the humping motion, which if you're a young kid and you're playing league at lunchtime at school, um, you're very well familiar yeah. with to try and get the uh, the the tackler off you. But yeah, Bo I'm I'm really, really
1: happy that he's no longer playing. Yeah, I mean, he's still... He's still doing work for Channel 9, isn't he?
0: I haven't watched Channel 9 all
1: year. I wouldn't. Yeah, I know. I mean, either. You don't have to anymore. It's, it's incredible. But yeah, I do feel slightly sad for Rabs. Uh, Sorry. Go. In a Trent Barrett-type situation. Sorry, go again. He got caught. Brogan got caught in a Trent Barrett-type situation with some girl from... The high Five. High Five or... Yeah. Uh, five. That Wiggles.
0: Yeah, he's, he's weaseled was way back in there, though. So, um, so is yep. Matthew Jones. Yep. All right. Yeah, for sure. Um, One thing that I want out of our game is this thing that I think started last year and it's in a situation where the attacking team has the ball and the attacker gets tackled and he's looking for a quick play of the ball and then the tackler can't get to marker in time so he moves and he rolls out of the way as he should be doing and then the dummy half picks up the ball and throws it directly in a negative play to the guy in the ground when he can easily throw the ball out to his um, fellow players, um, it is ridiculous, and I don't. It's it's getting out of hand, and you saw it a little bit on Friday night in the Warriors Storm game. You saw it um, today in the Panthers game. It's just yeah. horrible play. That just has to go. It has to get out of the game. What's your take on it? So what do you do? How do you
1: how do you stamp it out? Do you just come in one way as soon as someone it does on. it? You, you call it a like
0: full pass or a knock on, or a, you you say. Okay, well, what you do is, yeah, okay. so once the attacker throws it into the man, wherever the ball bounces, it's just like a normal sort of, um, you know, if you throw a ball into someone else and then the ball bounces and if your team picks it up and you've got the ball again, just, just play on,
1: basically. Yeah. Okay, okay, but yeah, okay, yeah, no, I agree, I agree. That, that is something that is, and it's almost like when people were going down to get the pit. we seem to have that out a bit. How have we done that? You know how back about two or three years ago. And I admit, Bully did it quite a bit. Like, if you took a high shot, you'd go down so they could go up to look upstairs. Yeah,
0: yeah it's, it's not, our, I, think, it's, that I think that most teams have had a pact and they said, we don't want to play that way. We don't want to seem like we're soft. And I think that most people just... Really? It's almost an unwritten rule. If you're at a barbecue, you know, at the end of season and there's a few Sharks players there and a few Tigers players there, if you're renowned as a guy that used to sort of milk a penalty and lay down, then you'd be targeted, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, quite, quite. Um, now, it's something that I've been quite passionate about, and actually a few people have tweeted us around why or what's the future of a transfer system in the NRL, and I've thought about it a lot, and I've got a theory on it, and, you know, the great sports that I like to follow um, abroad, the NBA and the NFL, you know, the trade deadline is a big thing, and, you know, teams throughout the year can make or break their season, teams that are... Um, you know, tanking or not doing so well, will look to trade some of their assets um, to uh, obviously bolster their side for the year after and often target teams that are, you know, making a late run. Why aren't the trades in the NRL? Why can't you trade players? You know, there's contracts and there's a salary cap, which means that you should be able to trade someone. There's a non-commodity with a value um, and then you should be able to, as this club, if you can fit under the cap and trade a player and if you can't, then you can dump, um, you know, you need to be able to bring in a free agency rule, so if you uh, dump a player, then they get picked up by another club who can f- um, fit them under the cap on their current value of the contract. I just think it would add a huge amount to um, the NRL. It would just show that they are um, you know, a progressive league when arguably they've always been you know, the league that's picked up a rule probably two years after the AFL has. What's
1: your thought? Well, the only concern I'd have with it, and one thing that I love about our game is that we still have like juniors like local juniors playing for the clubs mm-hmm. and th- those sports i love them too um i just don't i, I hate it imagine if warriors were just full of australians because that's basically what would happen if we just ended up well you're not talking about a draft but
0: no the draft i do I don't not support. know what
1: you're talking about to be honest the don't,
0: I, I talk about mid-season I guess, trading so i'd have a trade deadline let's just say it's around 15 right around 14 but yep. from one to 14 you can trade anyone on your books, so you could trade someone let 's just say that okay. you just signed um, Edric Lee on a fight that the sharks just signed Edric Lee on a four year deal and year yep. two into the contract he you know he might have done an ankle in year one he 's gotten a bit fat he just looks disillusioned, um, you know he had maybe a drug ban in there, but people you know he 's on a big contract now the yep. eels might be struggling at the time and they go well we 'll take on Edric Lee. Um, and we will give you someone a lot lesser in return, or um, yep. vice versa. And you know,
1: but they, but, the, but then the Eels have to pay his salary. They
0: have to pay his salary, but they want compensation in return. So they might say, "We'll, we'll take Edrick Lee, but you also have to give us, um, you know, what's that young number nine's name? For example, Braden, whatever it is. Braden. Or they might say, yeah, "I want Manai Chirrington as well." Um, One of your reserve hookers who can't play. So we'll take on Edric Lee's salary for the next three, four years because we think that we can get the best out of him. But we also want Maniah Charrington because we don't have a hooker. Um, And in return, we'll give you um, Renny Matui. Clint Gutherson. Yeah, or Clint Gutherson. And, you know, that just brings... For me, that turns clubs into not just... Hang
1: on, why can't that happen now? It it could happen now.
0: I I don't think that you can trade. But then I did hear... Sean Lane and Raymond well, Fatala Mariner last year was kind of a trade, but I just I don't know. People right you into the do show. It.
1: You just even if even if it's not a trade, you sort of have a you just work it out contractually by oh, I'm mm. releasing you, mm. and then you'll you'll be on the free market, and then the other team will pick it up. That Jeez, must've... Dugan's tattoos are horrible.
0: Oh, tell you what, very, now Dugan's had a bloody bad influence on Gareth Widdicott because he was a clean skin until this year. He's come out with a sleeve. I just I just looked oh, at him and I was like, what God. are you doing, Widdip? And he's been hanging out apparently. with Dermot. Oh, he's been on the v- Bacardi Breezes, and I reckon they went on a late-night run to Bondi Inc. And um, Woodup woke up in the morning and was just furious with himself. But he can't get rid of it. A- apparently, a, the,
1: the new, a lot of the new NRL players are coming in Klinskin. Uh, so it's sort of the tide's turned a bit. Apparently, tattoos are actually going out of fashion a bit for the young fellas. So so that you know, that's a positive, positive for our game. So they bloody shit.
0: Um, now the last thing I wanted to cover mate is a bit of a left field one but I heard a couple of weeks ago that that great movie um, great 90s movie White Man Can't Jump is getting remade Um, and I think Blake Griffin the Clippers um, forward is potentially going to star in it and it got me thinking that if is he going to
1: play a white guy or the black guy? Because he's mixed race. Yeah, eh? he's mixed
0: race. Have you ever seen his parents? If, you, um, if you're out there, Google Blake Griffin's parents. Yeah. Quite a, um, quite an amazing match. Um, but got me thinking, White Men Can't Jump, which is a great movie at the time, um, and actually pretty good at re-watching it as well. Um, if there was a league equivalent, now I've thought about it, what do you think of this? It's called White Men Can't Step. And yeah. it's maybe it's maybe filmed along Bondi because you've got to have a sort of a beach because White Men Can't Jump was filmed on Venice Beach. And yeah, yeah, yeah. My,
1: so what about with that? What about the ground? Coogee wombats play there. Yeah, or that Coogee could Dolphins.
0: be good. Yeah, could be nice. And yeah. and I'm thinking like there's just this culture of like maybe two on two league games in smaller smaller sort of fields and people are hustling. And, well, it could even just be touch. Well, that's what. It, yeah, it is what it is. And I think the yeah. lead. Um, the lead, who's going to play the Sidney Dean Wesley Snipes character, I went for Anthony Mundine.
1: Yep, nice, nice, <laughs> just, like just that. because, just the,
0: the fast talking trash talker. He's got a bit of Hollywood in him. But I was having a real tough time to come up with a Woody Harrelson character, um, the white guy, because um, so, he has to be able to play. Um... Could be Clint Gutherson, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Clint Gutherson. <Or> William Zillman. <laughs> William Zill. No. I think Clint, G- Clint, Gutherson, Clint Gutherson's got a bit about him. Um, I also quite like maybe Chad Townsend, just because of that haircut he's got. I just oh. think that potentially, or maybe... Wade McKinnon? <laughs> Wade McKinnon. Maybe, um, you know, one of the Burgess boys. But you probably can't have a pop. Yeah, but you need a back. You?
1: Yeah, you, you need someone that can actually step, like a bit of step, you know, so and then he works on it and develops step. it.
0: Who? Who, what white man that you know can step? You know, step like a, a Marshall, a Milford, a Johnson. What's Don't a white it. man that can step?
1: Uh, it's a good point. Josh, you know? He's
0: got a big sort of Josh exaggerated middle.
1: step on him. Yeah, it's good. Fitler, well, Freddie. Yeah, good it was call. A different step, wasn't it? it was Fitler and a...
0: Mundine, they kind of meet the age quite nicely. So maybe, yeah, right. maybe it's Fitler who's and and maybe we could sort of make it a little bit older, so retired football. Because it's not as though yeah, 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 right. Snipes were like that young.
1: So we've got Fitler. An Eastern, and Eastern suburbs uh, pickup touch comp.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I reckon that's got a little bit of merit in that, so um, we'll have to try so to who
1: played Rosie Perez then? Is it Jayataki? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's Tim Simona's ex, is it?
1: Quote, well, I, I No, no, I think you, it's Nova you pay Perez. I think she for a boom no, job, sorry, I'm going to the Daily Telegraph. <laughs> it's Jessica
0: Perez, who is um, Sean Kenny Dale's ex, is playing Rosie <laughs> Perez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or it could be shy. Um, Chey- no, what's her name uh, the old
1: Sha- <laughs> Bela- Charmaine Boulabi, who's a real big in fact <laughs> the Dalton and the Brisbane boys love her <laughs> <laughs> Charmaine Boulabi. Yeah, you should be about 50 now
0: what? Oh, far out um, so the Eels are up 18-0 and the
1: Dragons after 32 I oh, know that's just Mate, the Eels are absolutely dominating them. Brad Tuckering. A,
0: the Eels are a team that you do not want to meet in a um, fifth place, eighth playoff. Good and side. the Dragons
1: are a team you really want to meet in the last round if you need to win to <laughs> get into the top eight.
0: Yeah, the Dragons are the perfect team to be above the Knights because the Knights are going to finish ahead of them. You, hear, you heard it. He. Um, wow. Anyway, mate, um, good sesh. Uh, we'll chat to you next week as always. You've got to love your league.
1: Now wait 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 yeah. a before we go, I'm what? just gonna. Do we have to say thanks to the listeners? Uh, well, thank oh the yeah, listeners. and and we got good feedback on the um, interviews. Yeah, I've got a couple more lined up, so I'm gonna try and get an interview every second week or something for the for the listeners out there.
0: Well, I've also I've also got a couple lined up there, Jack. But um, yeah,
1: watch this space. And could could people maybe give us feedback on Legal Counsel Twitter? Yeah, maybe what people they would like interviewed or yep. Would they like? Um, maybe they don't have to be league people interviewed. Maybe it's a politician or something.
0: No, I think we should probably stick to our um, stick to our league leagueies. I don't know how I'd go interviewing a politician. I don't really follow it over here, but
1: no, maybe ask them about
0: league. Oh, okay. Um, John but... Howard's a big uh, Saint George man, isn't he? <laughs> I don't know. But I do have a couple of potential leggies, um in the wings. But we did have a very good feedback about Charlie Gubb. What a good bloke he was, mate. He came across like yeah, a champion.
1: He's, uh, he's, the mate, he's more of a. He's even more of a. Oh, Jennings have just dropped the edge. A favourite for me now, even more. Because I, I never met. I never. I've actually never met him personally. If people thought I had. Oh. I left the huns before he started playing.
0: I thought you had. You talked. You talked to no, me about him so. as if yeah, he's your best no, mate. To the
1: podcast. It, it sort of came across like that, but we hadn't. Yeah. So yeah. He's a, that's how much of a nice guy he is.
0: He's a legend. Good on you, Charlie. Hope you're listening out there, mate. Um, anyway, mate, we'll chat soon. Gotta love your league. Yep. Gotta love your league.